Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. And good afternoon, one and all. Um, great to be back with you for another weekly installment of Chicago's Legal Latte. This is Jim Mitchell, and in today's discussion, we're going to get some details on uh, perhaps we'll consider a unique set of circumstances related to income tax liability. We've talked about a lot of different tax issues over the years here on the program, and, and today we'll take a different spin. And in particular, we will discuss how a husband or wife who uh, is going through or has gone through a divorce may gain some relief from tax debts that occurred during the marriage and what is known as innocent spouse relief. Uh, great topic, great discussion, and here to share their insight on this uh, uh, afternoon is Attorney Joshua Nesser from Lavelle Law Limited. Um, Josh, thanks for taking the time. Nice to have you here. Thanks, Jim. Good to be back. Um, so, so today we're going to go through a topic that, um, you know, I think it's more than a corner case, but but one that does require a certain combination of events to all come together, uh, the first of which would be that we've got a married couple filing a joint tax return. Um, now, in general, I think uh, a lot of married couples, you know, take advantage of that. They they do file jointly to take advantage of some of the benefits that are afforded them. But just in general, before we get into the topic, are there concerns or ramifications that should always be considered before filing jointly? Well, it's important for married couples to know that when they do file a joint tax return, both the husband and the wife become what they call jointly and severally liable for any taxes due on that return as prepared or for any later adjustments that the IRS makes pursuant to an audit. That means that if there is a tax liability, the IRS can collect any of that amount from either spouse in full. They don't have to collect half from one, half from the other. It doesn't matter if one spouse is kind of the wage earner and the other is a homemaker. The IRS, once that return is filed with both parties signing it, can collect the whole amount from either party. Now, obviously, the alternative to doing that is filing married but separate returns, which may not give the spouses all the benefits of certain tax breaks and reduced rates. The one advantage is, if they do that, they're only responsible for the taxes shown on their own separate returns. So it's kind of a decision each couple has to make. Most couples probably file jointly, despite mm-hmm. the uh, possible consequences. Okay. Now, you now let's let's um, add another condition to the scenario that we've set up here, and, and that's uh, unfortunately the couple in question goes through a divorce. Um, you know, at some point, um, perhaps prior to or during the divorce, one spouse finds that the the other perhaps has some tax debt. Um, since they filed jointly, uh, as you just described, it sounds like one spouse could be on the, on the hook for some or all of that amount even after the divorce. Right, that's a great question. It's important to note that if a married couple files a return, incurs a liability, and later gets divorced, in the eyes of the IRS, that divorce alone has no effect on their joint liability for the tax debt. Now, in the divorce decree or the marital settlement agreement, the court can order or the parties can agree that one or the other is going to pay the taxes, but in the IRS's eyes, they're both liable for it. The IRS is going to collect it from whoever they can when they can. Okay. And just a quick side question here. You've mentioned the IRS a couple of times. Would would our topic today cover state tax liability as well? 
Uh, yeah, within the state of Illinois, innocent spouse relief, which we're going to get into, is an option. The standards generally are the same. If you're entitled to innocent spouse relief from the IRS, most likely you would get it from the from the Department of Revenue in Illinois. But, of course, there are always two separate things that need to be handled separately, but that mm-hmm. that is a good point. Okay. So so tell us about innocent spouse relief. I mean, what, what is it, and, and is it a effective tool to potentially relieve uh, some of a, a tax issue that may be occurring? Exactly, exactly. The IRS does provide a couple different types of relief to individuals who owe money to the IRS, not due to their fault, but due to the fault of their cor- current or former spouse. The The main general type of relief people always look to is innocent spouse relief. Um, if an individual applies for innocent spouse relief and is granted that relief, for a year or years in which there's a joint liability, he or she's going to be completely relieved of that tax liability for those years, including any interest and penalties. So instead of them having to pay it, their current or former spouse is going to be completely solely liable for any balances due. Okay. I'm sure you've dealt with this uh, you know, more than once along the way. Can you kind of give us an example or two of, of where this might apply? And you know, in particular, I'd be interested in, in timing. You mentioned you know, divorce, is it something that could have happened before they were divorced or, you know, what's the timing that would also be uh, necessary in one of these uh, situations? Yeah, there's there's obviously all kinds of different facts and circumstances that can lead to a request for innocent spouse relief. Kind of the classic example that is the the one you always see in IRS literature is where there's a married couple, the husband's the sole wage earner, handles all the family's finances, the wife is more of a homemaker, stay-at-home mom, and kind of leaves the finances to the husband. So for whatever reason, if the husband omits certain income from the return, he gives it to the wife and says, sign this, not letting her know that something's been left off of the return that's going to cause a problem down the road, and the wife signs it. Um, like you said, later in a divorce or some type of action, the wife may realize that the IRS found this omission, is now holding both of them liable for this for this income tax liability, even though she had nothing to do with it and wasn't aware of it. So in that type of circumstance, she would be a good candidate for requesting innocent spouse relief from the IRS. Um, We'll probably talk about the factors that go into that. You asked about divorce. It's not necessary that the parties are divorced to request innocent spouse relief, but it's certainly going to help the the innocent spouse's case to show that he or she has distanced himself or herself from the spouse that caused the problem in the first place. Okay, interesting point. Um, I'm talking with Attorney Josh Nesser today. He's uh, with Lavelle Law Limited, and he's explaining possible use of innocent spouse relief um, in the case of uh, a married couple who filed jointly, and and one of them uh, perhaps wants to be relieved from from an outstanding tax debt incurred by the other. Now, let's talk about specific conditions. I assume that um, a a judge, it would be a judge, I guess, that would be hearing this, or the IRS um, would be more appropriate. Uh, The IRS would look that certain conditions be met before this defense could be used. What what are they looking for? Yeah, there are a few specific conditions that if if a taxpayer doesn't meet them, automatically they're not eligible for innocent spouse relief and would have to look to some type of other avenue for relief. The first one is obviously that a joint return was filed. If, if there's not a joint liability in question, um, you're not going to be an, an innocent spouse that might be relieved from liability. The second, which is important to note, is that the taxes shown as due on the return were paid and that a liability later arose pursuant to an IRS adjustment, an IRS audit, something like that. If a, a spouse signs a return that shows that taxes are due but not paid, 
they cannot get innocent spouse relief. All taxes have to be paid as shown on that original return when it's filed. Um, so like I said, later on there has to be some type of adjustment. Another requirement is that the innocent spouse did not know that income was omitted from the return and had no reason to know. So you can't kind of bury your head in the sand and, and pretend like you didn't know that your spouse was earning income that wasn't reported. You had to legitimately not have known about the income. Um, there can't be any type of fraud between the married couple, which I think is kind of obvious. And just overall, the IRS says, considering all the circumstances, it, you have to make a showing that it would be inequitable to hold you liable for the joint tax liability. Okay. Now, I assume that there's a process you go through, and if, in fact, the IRS comes back and says, you know, nope, not not a fair enough defense here, we, we can't honor that, are there, are there other options, or is that it then, and, and that person is liable, and, and they've got to figure out how to resolve it? Well, if the IRS does does reject a request, there's always appeal rights within the IRS to take it to the next level and get a second opinion. But aside from the innocent spouse avenue altogether, um, some individuals do have other options. Mm -hmm. Now, first, there's something called separation of liability relief, similar to innocent spouse relief, but a little bit different. That's where you're requesting the IRS basically go back, take the return that you filed with your spouse, and, and almost separate that into two separate returns. At the end of the day, they hold the husband liable for whatever taxes he accrued. They hold the wife liable for whatever taxes she accrued. If one of those had some wrongdoing, obviously this is going to be to the other one's benefit. Um, the, the second type of relief is called equitable relief. It's similar to innocent spouse relief, but we went over those, those factors, the requirements you must meet to apply for relief. If for some reason you don't meet one of those requirements, then you go this other route and ask for equitable relief, which is saying, yeah, I don't meet the requirements for innocent spouse relief, but if you look at the facts of my case, obviously one way or another I was harmed by my spouse and I still should be entitled to some type of relief. And it's important to note that with injured innocent spouse relief, you have to apply within two years of the date the IRS starts requesting that you pay them for the amount you owe. If you miss that two-year window, you can still apply for this equitable relief. Um, the last thing that is available to, to spouses who are harmed by their current or former spouse's tax debts is injured spouse relief. That's where a couple has a joint tax refund coming to them, but it's held on by the IRS and applied to one of the spouse's own separate debts, kind of to the detriment of the other spouse. That spouse would be considered an injured spouse. He or she can request that the IRS release the portion of the refund to him or her that, that really came about as a result of his or her payments. Now, now tell me quickly here, in, in terms of um, how you would go about this, if, if um, one spouse finds out that something was happening, as you said, they signed a return, they weren't really paying attention or just didn't know, didn't have the information, and nothing else has happened at that point, should they contact someone like you and say, look, I, I want to clear this up before it becomes a problem, or would this only come up if the IRS has, has come after a couple and said you, you have an outstanding debt? Well, as soon as anybody realizes there's been some type of tax issue, whether it's between spouses or not, I would suggest contacting an attorney and seeing what you can do to get ahead of the process, get ahead of the IRS, because getting ahead of the game can always save you interest and penalties in the long run. Um, if you find out that your spouse omitted some income, it's 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 going to be kind of an analysis of whether it's worth it to report that to the IRS or, or sometimes people might just want to take their chances that the IRS won't uncover it. Obviously, that, that runs some risks. But um, 
you don't necessarily have to be wait, have to wait to be contacted by the IRS before trying to fix a problem. And the earlier you can get get ahead, show the IRS you're making a proactive effort to correct any mistakes, the better it's going to be for you in the long run. Okay. And then I want to just go back to something you mentioned earlier. You, you made a reference to a divorce decree um, that it might spell out certain conditions or certain responsibilities, liabilities. Tell us again about the relationship between the divorce de- decree and, and the IRS perspective on, on responsibility here. Right. So in the divorce decree, the parties can agree, the judge can order, that one spouse is liable for all the taxes the other is not, or apportion it however they, based on whatever decision they come to. The IRS is not bound by that divorce decree. So in the IRS's eyes, that might show that one party maybe should catch a break, but it's not a definitive, not a definitive ruling on the IRS. Um, but if if the IRS collects from a spouse who, in a divorce decree, wasn't supposed to pay, that spouse can always go after um, her ex-husband, for instance, and say, I paid a tax liability I wasn't supposed to. You were supposed to pay it pursuant to the divorce decree. Now I'm going to sue you to recover that. So even if you can't make any headway with the IRS, divorce court and the divorce decree always leaves a spouse who's been hurt with with options. Okay. And about just 30 seconds left here, Josh. Anything else that we should know about this in terms of, you know, other options, other concerns, things we didn't get to cover here in the first uh, 13 minutes we've been talking? I would just highlight the the time sensitivity of it. I I talked about that two-year window within which an individual must request innocent spouse relief. So if there's any type of issue that's coming up, it's always good to see an attorney right away, figure out what your options are, figure out what the best course of action is, um, even if it's not going to be something that goes all the way through a divorce or something like that. An attorney can help out both spouses to get ahead of this and minimize the damage and help them work out some type of agreement with the IRS. So definitely get ahead of things, contact an attorney, find out what your options are. Great. Well, as always, um, very helpful information from uh, Josh Nesser over at Lavelle Law. And, you know, he he and all the other attorneys, you can catch uh, their profiles and information at LavelleLaw.com. You can always reach the firm at 847-705-7555. That website's going to have a great, complete collection of all of our podcasts from the last couple of years. Uh, A lot of things there, whether it's personal, corporate, uh, related to taxes, families, any other legal topic, uh, just browse through and you'll find some information there. And I hope you take some time to do that, download. And, of course, we look forward to having you back with us again next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. 